Thanks for tuning in to the Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. This show is intended to highlight marketing and conversion techniques taught by today's leaders in the ecom world. I'll be interviewing the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good. I'm your host, Samir Al Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omnichannel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. If you enjoy anything from today's episode, I highly recommend checking out fetchfunnel.com and sign up for our email newsletter where I promise to only send you content you can learn from and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique brand crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Super excited to introduce our next guest. Cosmos Q is the brand. I'm here with the founder and CEO, Darian Kosravi. Darian, super excited to talk about Cosmos and the super interesting things that you guys are doing. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. So, I mean, would love to just start off with you just telling us more about Cosmos Q and, and what's what's the product, what's the brand, and start there. <laughs> Cosmos Q, we make the best barbecue rubs, sauces, injections, and marinades that you have ever tasted in your life, period. And that that is that is something that, that is how we have built every single product, um, and that is our mission, that's our goal. And that's what we strive for every day. Uh, we started back in 2004, I want to say, when I started learning how to barbecue. Um, it was uh, a pretty rocky experience. Um, matter of fact, the very first time I tried it, it was so bad. Um, I actually had to throw it in the trash. And I remember my wife holding the dumpster open as I threw it away. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is like it crushed me to my soul to know that I had to walk back in the house and feed my kids SpaghettiOs because I couldn't cook a meal. <laughs> and that uh, at that moment in time, it lit a fire under me. And I was like, it, it, I may not be a lot of things, but I will be a provider. I will be able to provide for my family and cook meat. You know, that's probably my DNA. I don't know. But um, that's what started the journey and uh, learning how to cook, cook barbecue. And then as I got better at it, I started realizing that the flavors that I had in my head, I couldn't go buy anywhere, nowhere. So I started making some and then I started competing and kind of they both came together. Actually, I started really making the the products just for beer money, just to support the the going out and barbecuing uh, competitively. Uh, And then people started buying and we started shipping. And next thing you know, we got a we got a business on our hands. So 
What do we That's do? Awesome. And this is this is before e-com too. I don't even think e-commerce was a was a, a term back then. I don't even I'm not that I'm aware of, so side hustle gone legit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It started in our hall room closet. Uh we had a hall and there was a a closet and it had like uh three shelves in it and three drawers. And we had all of our shipping supplies and our four products at the time in there. And we would come home in the evening and, you know, see see what orders we had and ship them out. That's back when flat rate envelopes were $4.95. So as a while ago. Yep. Yep. Well, that's awesome. Started sort of grassroots and, and validation is there. People want to buy from you um providing for your family very noble costs um and so i mean i'm curious is this the first business that you've started um probably the first legal one but (laughs) 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 now it is this is my first business uh that i actually started um it and yeah it was started by accident that's awesome. So, I mean, you know, you alluded towards making the best product ever and, and you're growing super quickly, you, but you're in a competitive industry, both online as, you know, as well as physical retail. So I'm curious, like what makes your product unique and, and what makes it stand out? Um, honestly, it just tastes better. Simply, I mean, quite simply put. Um, I was having a conversation uh, with a very large buyer for a very, very large uh, um, company in the U.S. And he, he kind of said, well, you know, and, and I think this is the game that they play. He said, uh, well, you know, I, I just don't want your stuff to, you know, just disappear on the shelf, you know. And I was like, oh, uh, that won't happen. And he kind of he kind of stopped me. He said, what do you mean? I said, once they taste my stuff. I said, I'm not, I don't say this arrogantly. It's different. It's completely different. It's not just salt and sugar. Now there is salt and sugar in it, but we use actual, you know, spices. I said, it's completely different. I said, I don't, I don't think you'll have to worry about this. All we got to do is get it into their hands. If we can get it into their hands, the rest will work itself out. So, so I'm curious because you know, a lot of our listeners, a lot of other brands have a, you know, a similar type of, 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 you know, hurdle to come up, to come over, right? Because mm-hmm. someone can't taste it through the computer. They can't taste right. it on the shelf. Uh, a lot of brands have this with physical goods too, right? They, once somebody feels the quality, sees the quality, they're going to know. But I'm curious, how do you communicate those unique benefits online and, and, you know, where consumers are unable to sample your product? Um, well, for us, we started doing it early on with YouTube videos and it wasn't so much, um, I was there on the video to show you how good the product was. It was the video that I kind of delivered something else. So I, I, I would show you how to cook a rack of ribs. It just so happens that the rack of ribs I was cooking had dirty bird, killer bee killer bee chipotle and one of our barbecue sauces on it so it wasn't i didn't push our products directly but more so indirectly 
And then people would go, oh my gosh, well, I, how, how can I get my hands on those? And I was like, well, I've got a website here. Um, so I just tried to give value at the beginning. And then if they bought it, they bought it. Uh, like I said earlier, I was just looking for beer money. So, you know, I didn't need that much. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, but that, but that's great. And then, and then you're giving yourself, you know, you're, you're showing yourself as the authority figure because you're cooking this super high quality, mm -hmm. you know, meal. And then, and then like you said, then they've got to follow along and then they're going, well, I'm missing these ingredients. Where do I even start? And then, wow, this recipe looks delicious. Even if I go to the store, am I going to get the same thing? So yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that. Um, it probably translate a bit into what you're doing. Cause I think what you're doing online is really unique too with, you know, you, you have these killer recipes we were talking about before we, we hit record too, like that, not only do you have these killer recipes, but you're, you're being, you know, very specific about how you're coming up with those recipes. And then, and then even before we talked, I found, you know, it as a unique opportunity that you've even put a lot of those recipes directly on product pages, which I thought was a really mm -hmm. smart move. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm curious how that's translated in, into business or, or yeah. I mean, how have those things benefited your growth? Um, it, that, so, um, we, we realized that you need new customers to, to start a business. Um, but you have to nurture the customers you acquire to grow a business. And that is one thing, um, we were sitting in a, a, a marketing meeting and, and we're sitting there and we're like, okay, who, you know, what should we do? What could we do? You know? that whole meeting. And I was like, why, like, why are we, if we don't have data, let's go ask. All we got to do is ask. And that's what, that's one of the things we asked. What, what do you want? If, if you could wave your magic wand and you could have Cosmo make or do whatever, you know, what would it be? And a lot of people said recipes, we want more recipes. And at the time, every recipe was a YouTube video. And I was like, I like, that's hard to do. Um, so, I don't know, like, we can't make a video every day using that process, but what could we do? And somebody on our team says, why don't we ask our people if they want to submit recipes? And I was like, genius. So we started asking our people, hey, man, what is your favorite recipe? What is that one thing that you take to the cookout that you know when you do, like, you won? You won the whole cookout. And, and sure enough, people started sending in recipes. And then we and was like, okay, well, the, the recipes are good, but your pictures aren't good at all. So can you, can you take some better pictures? So that was kind of a learning curve, but they did, and they did it fast. So we started interacting with our audience, you know, because I, I only, I'm, you know, I'm from Oklahoma. It's like the things that I eat are probably, you know, if you move around the world, you know, I, we don't have a lot of seafood, so we don't eat a lot of fish here. If it, if we do eat fish, usually it's fried. So it was really refreshing to have our people engaged with us and doing salmon and tuna and, you know, all these recipes. Um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a, that was a good uh, that was a good turning point for us. To be honest with you. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that. Like reaching out to the community, running surveys, paying attention to your community and your, and your customer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's 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 awesome. And and I mean, you said it, you know, when we were talking earlier, you need customers, you need to increase average order value. And then you said it, you yeah. need to increase frequency. Um, and so it sounds like that's a lot of, of what you're doing, right? You're paying attention. You're yep. saying, what do I need to do in order to get repeat customers? What do I need to do to, to, you know, not only increase my average order value, that's great. And that's important to get the marketing dollars to work, but yeah, but you've, you know, as you grow that dedicated customer base, you know, you want to continue mm-hmm. to grow with that customer base and, and get them to come back, um, and not have them run out of ideas either. I think that's probably a piece of right. it too that you're talking about, right? It can, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to get stuck in your like four or five repeatable recipes and not really mm-hmm. come up with anything new. And then even if it's the best meal ever, it gets a little boring, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, like, and I remember it, when we were shooting YouTube videos, I'm like, they're like, what do you want to shoot this week? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I can't cook steak, chicken, ribs, brisket, or pork again. We literally have 20 videos of each one, and all the videos are just the, like the same thing, just, you know. And when we did that, it was like, oh, my gosh. So, like, this whole creative, you know, cap that was put on just got, you know, popped. And now, oh, I never thought, we just shot one yesterday, uh, smoked buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Mm. And it was absolutely phenomenal. And the recipe came from one of our tribe. And I was like, I would have never cooked that. I would have never thought to, you know, cook mac and cheese, make a roux, you know, use some fried chicken, toss it. At, I would have never done that. So, and now, so not only are we inspiring them, but they are inspiring us. And it's, it's, that's what is the, the, uh, perpetuates it. And it, 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 they give, so we give, so they give more, so we give more. So, you know, and, I've always said since day one, it does, and everyone, every single person on our team knows customer service to me is like, I want somebody to leave. Even if, if it's our fault, I want them to leave and they won't have any reason to talk bad about us. I don't care if we lose $100 on an $8 order. I don't care. Now, um, that hasn't happened, thank goodness. But we ha- we you know we go above and beyond to create a service that you can't get anywhere else to take care of our tribe, and that translates into like extreme growth too. I mean, we had that. I mean, we had a, a, a we had an awesome father and son duo who was just selling socks, John's crazy socks, on the podcast a few weeks back, and and they said the exact same thing. And it was, they had these super interesting stories about like, you know, even willing to accept checks because they're like, we'll get it, we'll get the check. And then they went back and they found out that the, uh, you know, one of the sock wranglers hadn't shipped out the socks yet. And they were like, why haven't you shipped this out? And they're like, well, I haven't received the check yet. And they're like, 
just send the socks. We'll get the check. It'll come, right? And it's it's such mm-hmm. a small dollar amount, anyways, right? And I think it's 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 a unique story to that brand, but it's a, it translates into a similar probably type of, of situation you're in because it's similar price points and things like that. It's like if you go above and beyond, then they'll spend way more money with you anyways. And oh, even if you yeah. lose a few dollars here and there, like it just doesn't matter because like you're saying, right? They're, they're gonna have this great, like even if they didn't even like the product or they never barbecue again or anything like that, they're still gonna recommend the product to yeah. a friend or family yeah. or, or whatever. I, uh, it, that's, it's funny you say that because it reminds me of a story a couple years back, we had some real nice flat bill hats and they were, they were $40 hats or 40 or $50 hats. And I looked, I was just screwing around online uh, one weekend and I looked and I got tagged in something and it was, it was right at a hundred comments. And this guy posted a picture of his hat that was, it looked like it was ran over by an 18 wheeler. And next to it was the package that it came in. It came in a, a flat rate bubble envelope and that we shipped it that way. And he was like, I'll never do business with them. I can't believe this, this, that, and the other. And all I commented was, hey, so-and-so, I'm so sorry for this. If I'm going to send you a DM, if you'll respond to me, I will take care of this, and I will go above and beyond. And that's all I said. And and he sent me a DM, and I said, this is unacceptable. This is my fault. I take responsibility for this. Throw that in the trash. Do what you want to with it. I said, I'm going to ship you out three brand new hats. And I gave him a $50 store credit. And I apologize. And I, and I owned it on the comments. It's our fault. What happened after that, I didn't expect. Because after he got the hats, he came back on. He, he went back on, on that actual thread. And he put another long one. He said, I was dead wrong for doing this. I never gave them a chance to fix it. All I, I was angry, I was upset, and I acted out, and I spoke bad about their company, and all these people saying it, and he goes, I just want you to know that I'm sorry because he, t- he did X, Y, and Z, and he has a customer for life. This thread will be deleted in 10 minutes. And he did, <laughs> but he copied all that, and he made a new one. And I thought, that's all you got to do. I mean, we're just people. And yep. I, I say this, I'll, I'll tell it to you some more. The definition of a good deal is both parties getting screwed equally. That's a good deal. And all you got to do is give your customers a good deal. But I wouldn't stop there. Give them a better deal than you're getting. Because if you just want a one, if you just want one transaction, that's a Give them a good deal. If you want a customer, give them a great deal. Yep. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And that not only going above and beyond, I think goes really far, but the humility component, I think is what we all resonate with, right? Like mm-hmm. owning the mistake and and being deliberate about it, like you said, like that, I think that goes really far and props to you for doing that. And yeah, I mean, and then that's great. And then, yeah, the, the, the return from it is sort of unmeasurable at some point, mm-hmm. right? I feel like, cause those yeah. stories go a really long way. And then those customers become advocates for your brand, which is, you know, again, like just, you can't, you can't buy that. There's exactly. no advertising that can pay for that. 
Yep. Yeah, you got it. Um, I'm curious. So, you know, obviously you, you, you want subscriptions, I'm sure. And you, and you, you know, you want repeat customers. I'm curious at how things translate online for you, you know, first time customers purchasing, you know, are they purchasing, you know, the combo packs? Are they purchasing the single products? Kind of what, you know, what, you know, how many are recurring subscriptions when they're coming, you know, first time? And then how are you handling that kind of post-purchase as well? So the, the subscription piece, we have recently just started that and um, it, it we're, uh, we're getting better at it, but we're not quite there yet. Because I told I was like, eh, I, you know, I mean, if it's eggs, like I get it. Just give me some eggs every two weeks. You know, but when it's, you know, a seasoning, then I may go, well, I, I want to try all of your seasonings and all of you. So we're, we're still messing with that. As far as the first time customers coming in, I was actually shocked. We got this data and I could not believe it. The number one thing they buy is a combo pack, which is, I think it's like $80 now. And I was absolutely floored because once again, I thought my habits translated to, you know, I thought the way I see life, that's the way everybody sees life. And I would have just come in and bought, you know, the things that I wanted and, and went on about my business. But the combo packs um, and the recipe bundles are uh, quickly taking hold. That's awesome. Because then I'm sure that that translates into a great customer, too, because... If I buy one, just one seasoning or something, I'm probably not getting the full effect. I'm probably not getting right. the full recipe. And then where do I even start? So then the recipe, right, is going to guide me through that. A recipe bundle is going to be, you know, hey, perfect. I mean, it's, you know, mm -hmm. let's face it. Probably COVID was probably good in a way because everybody started cooking from home and mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to have to figure that out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then on the other hand, I know so many people, you know, didn't even know where to start, right? They're going for like the 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 brands that are, you know, give, delivering you the entire recipe and the ingredients and everything. Because mm -hmm. so many people don't even know where to start. Um, yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I love that strategy. Um, I'm curious. I mean, maybe the, maybe those are the two pieces that helped you increase the average order, but I'm really curious, like, you know, how did you work on increasing your average order value? Cause I know you said that that was an area you, you focused on and, and increasing. Well, one of the areas we started with is frequently purchased together. And a lot of people don't know that, uh, our rubs specifically are they're great by themselves but if you layer them it's it, it it takes it out of the park and what i mean by that is is um when i won the world state championship in uh 2015 i used cow cover as a first coat dirty bird hot as a second coat and then texas beef as a third coat and then we started saying how okay well you know when you layer these, this is, so if you bought Dirty Bird Hot, did you also know that if you bought Cow Cover and Texas Beef, these are the three rubs that won the World Steak Championship in, in 2015? And was like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to eat a world, you know, I want to eat a championship steak. So, yeah, I'll take that. But um, it goes back to people quit buying from you for one or two reasons. You piss them off or you quit selling to them. 
And we just learned that upsells and downsells, people people want this. You know, I want this as a customer. Like, I don't know if I come to your website and and I buy the best work boot in the world because my buddy John had a pair. But John never told me about your socks, you know, with heaters in them. And my feet get cold. So if you offer that to me, you know, you got to you got to guide the, the customer down the best possible known experience for whatever uh, whatever path they're on. And that's one thing we we uh, learned to do. And actually, uh, our actual order uh, AOV now um, we've increased it almost probably twelve to fourteen dollars, which is huge. Yeah, especially yeah, huge for your price point. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. That, that could make or break a marketing yeah. campaign. I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, and I mean, obviously, a business has to make money. But the focus for me is, is are we giving the customer the best possible scenario for whatever it is they're about to do? Because, and we have to know that. If somebody comes to the store and they buy one rub, then we go, you know, hey, you know, just, you know, we're not trying to, we're not being pushy, but, you know, we just want to offer you this information so you can make a choice. And we don't do it in a in a in a way that's pushy or obnoxious or uh, off-putting. Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome, I mean, and that's a great way to go about it. Um, yeah, I mean, and so I'm curious as you've kind of gone through this and and been growing super quickly. I mean, what are some of the big marketing wins or, or really successful growth hacks that you've applied? Oh man, boy, this last year in marketing. Wow. <laughs> it seems like this last year in marketing has been like 10 years in, in regular day years with all the iOS and, you know, all the, the things with Facebook. And, um, but the one thing that we realized, um, uh, ad spend, I think it has to be a part of your arsenal, but you, I, for us, and this is just us, we try not to put all of our eggs in one basket. Meaning, we need we need uh, professional media buyers that understand uh, how to uh, purchase media and control it to the metrics uh, that are uh, beneficial uh, to the customer, um, but also organic content. Organic content is, and you just can't put a price on it. And it's really hard. It really is hard. But it's also really rewarding when you have an email list of almost a million people and in one button, you can connect with that many people. And it, it means everything to us because at that point, we own the customer. Not Facebook, Amazon, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Google, we own the customer. And so the, the one thing that we try to do is just keep funneling the, the ad spend uh, customers into our universe where we can communicate with them and it only costs us a, the push of a button. Yeah, super important. I mean, it's, 
we pressed really hard on that at Fetch and Funnel too. Just you, you can't be solely relying on a single channel or, you know, mm-hmm. one, yeah, one, one single revenue, you know, generation tactic, whatever it is. Because to your point, if you're solely relying on Facebook, Facebook makes a big update. You could get wiped We've out overnight, it. right? They're stripping out their interest audiences, you know, where mm-hmm. you have a harder attribution, all those types of things and, and super important. And then you hit the nail on the head, right? Building a list. Like you said, you own that list, right? I mean, they like they say, you know, you could be essentially generating a dollar per month just per person, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Is sort of what you're doing. And so, you know, that's what you're but then you're it sounds like, right, you're doing the most important component of it too, which is nurturing that list, adding value to that list, right? I think that that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people miss it too. They're always running sale, 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 or, you know, trying to just solely promote the product. You still need to do that. You have to yeah. sell to them, to your point earlier, um, right? You, 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 the two reasons people stop buying, one's you stop selling to them, but... On the yep. other hand, you've got to nurture them too. And I mean, you've got, you're doing it organically, you're doing it with the content, you're doing it with the recipes, I'm sure new product releases, um, you know, all of that. I mean, so that that makes a lot of sense and that's a great way to go about it. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I we talked about it earlier. I mean, you, you, you specifically said you're a data nerd. So I'm curious just what, what role does data play in the marketing? Like, you know, how are you tracking and measuring performance? You know, you're running AB tests on the website, you know, do you have specific customer personas, you know, that you're going after in unique ways? We have, um, we have a guy, uh, a conversion rate optimization specialist on our team and I don't even want to act like I could even talk in his world because when he starts talking, I'm just like, what you're doing what? And it's like, so, but I do love the data and I love when I could sit down and chat with him and he slows it all down and, and, and gives me the information in a way that a redneck from Oklahoma can understand it. But it is very, very, very important that you know your numbers. And if you don't know your numbers, then you better, the next thing you should be doing is working to know your numbers. Because e-commerce, then this is my opinion, e-commerce in the coming years is gonna get much more harder for people to do. Because now we have 20 years under our belt and like e-commerce just started. To me, it just started and it's still the wild, wild west, but there's some people figuring it out and those people are going to get really, really good at what they do. Um, I always uh, tell tell my wife and uh, tell some of my friends when we talk about money, Wall Street is really good at making money and taking money. Really good at it. So I don't mess with the people like that. Because I know, and I, if I stepped into that world, they would chew me up. The same thing is true of e-commerce, in my opinion. The people that commit the time and do the hard stuff are going to be the ones make it to the other side and succeed and keep sending this thing on down the road. That's just my opinion. So data is very important to me, and uh, we we just we've probably spent about. I want to say 50,000 just uh, 
so I keep the number low <laughs> because actually we probably spent about 70,000, but uh, on just collecting the data, the data engineering side of it, we have these, they're not dashboards quite yet, a couple of them are, but we have data. I can tell you who, like in what county, in what zip code, is our most profitable order coming from what is our most profitable county in the u.s not state county um but now we are on the side of we did the in the data engineering now we are and we just actually we just turned in our first uh we just approved our first quote for the data analysis of it and from that i want to make it so easy to read and quickly understand so we know we can quickly test and understand what's working what isn't working so we can keep testing and keep moving on and and keep going but uh the information coming from our website is shocking it's absolutely like i had no clue um uh, and I, I know you know about the heat maps and all that. One thing we learned uh, just a couple weeks ago is there's a lot of people. We have a little uh, meat chart on there, and it says, hey, dirty bird rub goes great on chicken, pork, ribs, and da, 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 you know, and all the rubs with all the different meats that go on. People were clicking on it. And I, I was like, why would they click on it? And N Nick, our... CRO expert, he goes, well, because they want to go to the, they, this is this is the top of funnel. They want to now go down to that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we could not only take them and give them an explanation, but we could show them recipes. And the recipes have the link to the bundle that they can one click and add it to their cart and check out immediately. And he's like, yeah, no. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything that we thought we knew to get here is changing and if you don't know your data i i swear you better get to understanding it quick i probably know about enough just to upset somebody or make somebody nervous when i uh especially all of our media buyers because i'll call them i go why are what are we doing this for this doesn't make sense to me and so <laughs> i don't know no, but I love that. I mean, you, you, and I saw that chart like in the Facebook and Instagram ads, you're running that chart and, and yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, I mean, first of all, you're doing what I preach, test, 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 right? Pay attention yeah. to the data, but, but don't be afraid to test, find out the mistakes, find out the wins, make decisions based off of the data. I mean, you're doing that, which is, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But then I'm curious too, I mean, how, especially where you are paying attention to so much data and investing in that, which is amazing. Like then I'm sure it, you know, obviously it translates into making decisions and, and making marketing decisions and things like that. But I'm curious, like, what are some of the data points that 
you've seen influence the most or have the biggest impact because I mean the 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 county thing is super interesting you know as a great example because not only do you know great we need to focus marketing campaigns here but you also know hey we need to get into supermarkets here and we need to get in every mm -hmm. store in this county because this is our customer um yeah. yeah i'm curious which data points have you kind of seen like hey if we not only now that we're measuring this but if we pay attention to this it and apply it it has like the biggest impact on the business um i'll tell you we got hooked up with a company uh I say a long time ago. It's been a while, uh, probably a year. Um, North Beam, and it's it's a. Um, I'm gonna try to give you because these guys are AI experts and like way beyond me. But the one thing that I was having trouble with is is it's great to know that you know Facebook is you know they're taking. Uh, Facebook is saying that they got the customer, but Google's saying they got the customer. And then it, it was just very unclear data. We got hooked up with a company called Northbeam. And the one thing that we started seeing is, is yes, this is your ROI on a customer, but here's the lifetime ROI of that ad. Meaning that ad was the entry point and it may have a low ROI, but the legs on it, actually turn it from a low ROI to a higher ROI. And we had no way of seeing this. And then once we got everything uh, connected and we could start looking, oh my gosh, they came in through Facebook. We caught them on Google. We remarketed it to them, but so they checked out. So then it would, it would then split the contribution up to both of them. And it was, I was, I was blown away. And like I said, I probably know enough uh, just to get in there and make somebody nervous and ask the right questions. But that's one thing we didn't know is exactly how our marketing dollars are, not how they're being spent today, but how are they affecting us three months, four months, six months, eight months, a year down the road. That pe When we had that piece of data, it was like, oh my gosh, like you could breathe. And I didn't feel like, you know, I was just getting, you know, raped by the powers that be just at, straight out of ad budget, you know? Yeah, no, it's super important. I mean, we literally had the, the same thing with a client actually earlier this week. The client was looking at one of our campaigns in Facebook that, hey, this has the, the highest cost per lead in the entire account. We should shut it down. And, and we said, hey, actually, we, we wanted to talk about this specifically because we dug into the data and, and it's, it's sort of most of their campaigns are lead gen, but there's purchases in the back end and it's, it's a long purchase cycle. There's a bunch involved. And so we can't track any of it on the Facebook side. It's all happening in, in like mixed panel and other third party tracking. Mm -hmm. And we found out that that campaign had triple the conversion rate of a, of a paying customer. And, and so not only was it totally okay that the lead was double the cost and sort of double what our normal acceptable, uh, you know, cost per lead was, but it was actually a most profitable campaign because they were converting mm -hmm. three times higher. And so there's even more profit margins in between because it was only double the cost of our, you know, acceptable cost per lead. Yeah. And so it was interesting conversation because we're like, Hey, now we're talking about 
what our acceptable cost per lead even is that we've been married to for over a year mm -hmm. together <laughs> because the numbers yeah. backed into that. And now we're saying, hey, actually, we could tweak this, you know, if yeah. the back end makes sense. And I'm sure you're doing the similar thing because you're like, hey, we launched this new combo pack. It's the highest average order value we've ever had. But we're having a crazy high conversion rate on it because it's one of our best, you know, best, view, most mm -hmm. viewed recipe or whatever it is. Um, yeah, if you're not paying attention to that data, you can't then make the appropriate decisions. To yeah. Then, and it's yeah. crazy that that ad that I would have, I would have been that guy going, turn it off. Are you crazy? Turn it off. That that same ad changes you from turn it off to instantly after you understand the data to how can we put more money into that? You know, how can <laughs> exactly. we push that a little harder? <laughs> yep, you got it. No, so true. Um, so we've been talking about a bunch of wins. I mean, it, you know, I'm curious on one side, like what are maybe some mistakes that you've made along the way? Or I don't even want to call them mistakes. I hate calling that like, you know, what went wrong oh, or didn't go right, oh, you know, that oh, no, some hard I, lessons no. learned or just a couple so, landmines maybe that you've stepped on that others, you know, following your footsteps at least uh, might benefit from hearing about. So <laughs> this was, this was early on, early on. I would, I, for the life of me, I thought average order value was everything. And this is just one thing I didn't know. We, our products were uh, priced accordingly, and we charged for shipping. And at the time, we charged what shipping cost. So if it was $8.71, that's what you paid, $8.71. The products were, I think at the time, the uh, the rubs were eight ninety five dollars a shaker. This has probably been six years ago or so. Um. And I, I was hell bent on increasing the average order value. So I said, Hey, if you order a hundred dollars worth of products, we'll ship it for free. Doesn't sound like a big deal. The problem with that was is a rub, a shaker, uh, a, a rub weighs right at a pound. And then they would start ordering bags and this and that and bottles. And at the time we had glass bottles. So we had to, you know, package it up and it was super, super thick. So for every hundred dollar order that came in, we had to ship at UPS. At the time we were small, so we didn't have good UPS rates. And the, the shipping would cost us 30 to $50. Oof. And I was like, no, <laughs> how much? Because they were just out there cranking orders out, and I was like, "Oh, we got a hundred, you know, we we get we had we increased our AOV, but the shipping sucked all of it right back out." So, yeah, that was that was a big one for me. So I was very uh, there is a sweet spot for your AOV uh, if you are shipping a physical product. Know that number. <laughs> That's what I, that's what we've learned. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So important. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so interesting too, because like it, in your mind, you always want to increase that. Right. And that's, I think yeah. what everyone's always paying attention to, but 
yeah, done the wrong way. And yeah, I mean, a lot of your products heavy barbecue sauce has got to be heavy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is spices, not so much, but a lot of the sauce and all that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a heavy yeah. chipping. Yeah. Um, so more revenue does not equal more profit all the time. <laughs> you got it. Um, so, I mean, what excites you the most in the year ahead, either, you know, in the income industry or just within your own marketing? Um, you know, I'm really excited for, there's a lot of things going on. It's, it, what excites me is when I meet somebody and they go, Hey, you know, this is my friend so-and-so he's a big barbecue. Have you ever heard of Cosmos? And they go, no. And I'm like, Oh man, that excites me because that fires me up to go. I don't care. Don't ever think because you, you, you know, because you hit a goal or whatever that you have to stop there. Now, whatever you want to do is, is completely up to, up to you. But one of our uh, core values is, is we won't stop until we are widely known as the go-to for all of your barbecue needs. And that's what we want to do. We want people to know that the way that people used to barbecue doesn't have to be the way you barbecue. We can actually take you and show you a new, a different way. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just different. But with some products that will change everything you thought you knew about food. That's a really, yeah, that's a great way to go about it. I mean, it, and to what we were talking about even earlier, I mean, you're going after the weekend warriors, but you're going after the hobbyist and to elevate the hobbyist is huge mm -hmm. to, to elevate the weekend warrior is probably, you know, there's a much wider gap there. You could essentially mm -hmm. almost turn them into a hobbyist without even them even realizing. And then right. you're probably creating weekend warriors too. You're creating, yeah. you know, as you called it, your tribe, which I love, um, people who may have not been that passionate about it, but now they're like, Hey, I'm making the best, you know, <laughs> that's my thing. I love to cook a lot. I cook a ton. If I go to a restaurant and I'm like, Oh, could have cooked this oh, or I could have made it better. It's so this. disappointing, yeah. right? And then, yeah. but then it's mm -hmm. a, it's a slippery slope because then you start making these phenomenal meals at home, <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, "What? And now that, you have to pay a hundred dollars for a good steak now?" <laughs> yeah, that 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 is the downside that we have to warn all people about. Hey, unfortunately, <laughs> the restaurants that you used to say you liked, you probably won't really like them anymore. That's that's the ultimate warning label on your product. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess in closing, I'm, um, you know, I'm curious, just like if, you know, any advice or or, you know, any tips that you would give for other founders that, you know, are trying to break some new revenue marks. Um, yeah. Any tips or advice that you'd give them? Um, know your numbers know all of your numbers your financial numbers your marketing numbers all of them um but what i it you can't focus on all of them all of the time so i would pick some and make them your critical numbers and focus on them every single day wake up and know your critical numbers every single day 
um, for the longest time we had uh, um, we had three critical numbers orders revenue and uh, emails and and the, but over time then they've changed to uh, leads average order value customer frequency lifetime value and um, dang it I forgot the other one um, but th those are the ones that we focus on and the the top three for us are leads average order value and customer frequency those are the ones those are our, our critical numbers and then we just have some subcritical numbers net profit know your net profit pay yourself first I cannot pound that in anybody's head quick enough and I have read the book profit first I don't even know how many times and I believe this with everything in me and this is just me if you're in business entrepreneurs treat themselves worse than their bodies their their uh, uh, self-care they just treat themselves horribly because we get so hyper focused on the thing we don't eat right we don't exercise we don't do the thing we don't sleep right we stay up we worry we stress and we don't focus on the thing so yeah 100 percent um yeah i ran off on a tangent on that I no i, I love it i was focus, i was guilty of yeah. that myself right first first two years of fetching funnel same deal right you're just you're you're sitting there you're crushing it you're putting ridiculous hours you're working super hard i mean i had to pay myself first because you know i wasn't gonna pay chick anywhere else but yeah you're still willing to make sacrifices to to get to those mm -hmm. next phases and to get to those next tiers and 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 to grow right but then yeah at the same time it is super important right the second i was like hey i need to repay attention to you know working out doing those things taking care of myself not working 80 hours a week because if i do that mm -hmm. you know it's sacrifices family time whatever it is all these other things that now i feel guilty for right and and i'm sure you know you you've probably gone through the same same situation yeah. so yeah i mean i love that and great book recommendation too i love profit first it's a great book yeah that's um, a great book man great book yeah for sure well Darian, I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Uh, I definitely encourage everybody to, to check out Cosmos. So Cosmos Q, K-O-S-M-O-S-Q.com. Whether you're an enthusiast or not, you could definitely be probably making some, some much better recipes. So I encourage you to check them out. I'm going to. Um, yeah, Darian, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. You best, Mayor. Thank you, sir. Samir El Kamuni here. Thank you so much for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. If you are a successful brand that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, please visit go.ecomgrowthleaders.com/podcast-guest. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. Ecom Growth Leaders is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. We've partnered with 100 plus brands and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. 
There's tons of content over our, at our blog, fetchfunnel.com slash blog, and also some amazing eBooks like how to crush your competitors and how to produce high converting creative. Thanks again for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and it means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fetchfunnel.com, or follow us on social. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.